Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the dual screens cross play. Oh, I'm, that's not it. That's not it. Nope. That's not what we're doing. That's do what over. we're supposed to do at <laughs> nine o'clock on Tuesdays. But I screwed all yeah, that up. I'm going to do that all over. Let's, let's just let's just start that over. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the dual screens podcast. I am one of your hosts, Stephen Fontana. And with me is Andy Asimakis. How are you, Andy? It's a packed house, Steve. It is. There's a and lot of bodies right now. There's like an orgy joke I want to make. Don't but do I can't it. Even, I can't even no. get one out. I'm no. so overwhelmed. This is very overwhelming. This is this is a packed house, folks. Uh, joining us this week is nearly the entirety of D-Cell Games, the developers of Unbeatable, a game where music is illegal and you are doing some crimes. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hello! Hello. Hello. Hey. Oh, hey. Oh, man. We have a lot of bodies here. This is going to be fun. For those of you that are new to the Dual Screens podcast, this is the Dual Screens podcast, the inter- the Internet's number one indie in- developer interview podcast hosted by two people you've never heard of, probably. The show posts each and every Friday for your listening pleasure on your podcast service of choice, including our home, Podbean. And ladies and gentlemen, as we are going to continue to remind you, check which feed you are listening to this on because our previous host, uh, we are going to be canceling that feed. So make sure you check and make sure that you are following uh, or subscribed to the one that says we do crossplay podcast and the Dual Screens podcast. That is the correct feed. The other description will say Dual Screens Gamescast, which we no longer do. So please, please be sure to be subscribed on our other uh, channel or our other feed on Spotify and all those fun things. Uh, and if you're watching later on YouTube, thank you so much for doing so. We love you. YouTube.com slash Dual Screens TV. Hello, team. Goodness gracious. So many people. Uh, so who's get, let, let's hey. let's designate let's designate the the ringleader. We'll have the ringleader of this of this hodgepodge group of of um, incredible developers introduce yourself, and then we'll go around the horn. I, I don't know who qual- qualifies as the ringleader. Can we just go in uh, Kickstarter order? Yeah. Kickstarter order. Works. Kickstarter order. Sure. Works. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. a really good idea. All okay. right, it's Andrew um, first. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Andrew. I am one of the two directors on the game. Um, I am in charge of. The art direction. I do most of the animation and arts. I do some of the story design and concepts. I do a bit of the programming. Just every hat imaginable on my head. Yeah, uh, I'm RJ. I am the uh, other director on the project. I handle the narrative design uh, and most of the writing, the like the actual dialogue, um, and I'm, I'm music direction stuff as well and then i do like biz dev and some of the like qa mm. things and a bunch of other things like the trailers i'm beginning to see why we have like six of you here okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm beginning to see yeah. it there's a trend next up uh i'm next up right i, I, I don't yeah, let's go next yeah. Up. okay yeah. um yeah uh, i'm i'm jeffrey Is it my I'm, turn <laughs> I'm, I'm jeffrey i'm the game's producer uh and beat map designer so I'm just a lot of different hats as well, just like a lot of different things uh, that pr- uh, production work primarily entails. But uh, sometimes I also handle social media, um, other aspects of the game design, and just general business management. It's just everything, kind yeah. of everything that that you aren't thinking of is how I describe the role sometimes. Production and indie game development means that you do many things. Mm, of course. Right. Hi, right. I'm Rachel. I'm Rachel, Hi, Rachel Lake. I am a co-producer on this game. I also do community management PR. And I'm also the voice that you hear singing in the songs. Oh, so yeah, well then That's, that is so dope, man. You, <laughs> you guys, your resumes. Let me tell you. <laughs> is there is there anyone left? I, I yeah, we, there should yes. be one more. Yeah, I think there's one more. There's one more, right? two. Two more. Two, okay, two, go ahead. Two left, two left. That means it's my turn now. So hello, I'm TJ. Uh, I'm oh, one of the composers. RJ and TJ. Okay. All yeah, right. We got two J's here. Right. Um, so I'm one of the composers on the game. Uh, and I focus a lot on the uh, songwriting and kind of live production aspect of the game. So a lot of the uh, live drums and guitars and bass and stuff like that, that's stuff that I will play and record and kind of engineer. And then I'll throw it off to uh, Vasily, who will help uh, me refine uh, the stuff and he'll mix and master it. And uh, yeah, but he's not here right now, so... Oh, why not? <laughs> I mean, he's off having some fun. I don't know. Oh, well, wow. I we I, I don't know about you, Andy, but I take offense that a little bit. Uh, take, I take great offense. Great I'll offense. Make sure Vass, I'll let Vass know. Thank you. 
You took offense. Thank You're you. Welcome. And our and our final introduction. Yes. Hi. Uh, my name is Mireille. I'm the main programmer on the game. Uh, so all the systems, uh, rhythm gameplay, uh, uh, conversation systems, stuff like that is stuff that I work on. Uh, also, like make development tools for the team and uh, do a little bit of audio programming as well. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, Mireille, she basically does. Um, she does the bulk work of the programming. The programming I do is is, is most of the, uh, the 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 things related to the visuals, like the UI um, animation stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I used to do more of the programming, and then uh, we wisely decided that <laughs> uh, I, I my head was not not capable of holding up that many hats, right. so we yeah. passed them around. So, so I stole <laughs> a hat off of Andrew's head and put it on my on my. To be to be fair, it's a really big hat. That's like the biggest of the hats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's certainly the I feel like the most confusing of the bunch. Now, Andy, I'm gonna set this one uh, for you to 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 kick us off with our first our ceremonial first question, which hasn't we we haven't had it in a few weeks. Uh, well, at least in a few episodes that I've been a part of, we we right. we've so I hope you have something good. I hope you have something prepared. Well, it wasn't so much of a question, more of oh, a I, I want to express gratitude to the team mm -hmm. because I'm looking at the features of the demo on Steam right now, and they were so nice to include a white person mode, which oh. says if you're not feeling the rhythm, there's an assist uh -huh. mode right. for people like me who have no rhythm whatsoever rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah. utterly fail at games like this. So okay. thank you, Detail Games. Thank I you. I appreciate that. Thank you. We definitely, we definitely want to make the game uh, accessible to players that maybe are not so familiar with rhythm games. Yeah, I think the extent of my rhythm games are well, besides Guitar Hero, is Patapon. I think that's where I stopped. I started. Oh and yeah. Stopped. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let, let's let's kick it over to you guys. Uh, I think Rachel might be. Uh, I, I believe you said PR and social and all that fun stuff uh, was part of the thirty-two hats you you're, you're wearing. Um, mm -hmm. Why don't you give us the elevator pitch of what uh, Unbeatable is? Unbeatable. It's a where music is illegal and you do crimes. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly. Sure. You know. <laughs> That I there there's some sort of movie out there that you know, this when reminds I, me of. <laughs> when I, when, when I, I just... am not. I will I will I will clarify. Probably the uh, better elevator pitch would come from Andrew or RJ. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll go with we'll go we'll kick it over to Andrew. Andrew. Um. Yeah. So, Unbeatable is um a narrative-driven rhythm game where two-button combat powers pretty much everything. Um, we, we really wanted to, to make a rhythm game, but mm -hmm. uh, in our heart of hearts, we knew that uh, story-based adventure games, you know, your Paper Marios, your, your RPGs, JRPGs, what have you, those were our real bread and butter. So, you know, when it came to it, that was, that was something that we wanted to add into the rhythm genre that mm -hmm. I don't think many rhythm games have really tried to do right right yeah we, we definitely uh notice uh just as people who like rhythm games and people who like story games that despite the fact that like some of the best moments you can think of in a lot of your favorite narrative media tend to be tied to music but there's mm. not a lot of like cross between those things at least in games um, at least not enough of it. So we want to try and bridge that gap a little bit. Right. Right. Um, I want to, I want to go back just a, a couple of seconds, a couple of moments ago. We speaking about the, the marriage, well, the narrative meeting this, this style of gameplay. Um, typically in these types of rhythm games like you're chasing the high score that is the that is your personal narrative it's just getting that high score unlocking the next level or next chapter or whatever it is um of tracks and songs so how is this going to be differing how are you how are you marrying the narrative into that where it's in a in a compelling way that's not just let's get to the next set of enemies slash songs well the game is it's an indie game about making an indie band 
you um mm. the story revolves around this group of people trying to make an indie band and kind of push back against uh <laughs> push against the system i guess damn the man uh but yeah. <laughs> um a lot of the story kind of revolves around these characters their growth as people you know what they want to do where they want to go um and it all culminates in i think some really exciting anime <laughs> hell yeah that's hell one yeah. way of describing it uh, uh yeah <laughs> how how bad did music get for it to become outlawed and illegal was it cardi b that was the catalyst who who did it i think it was bad baby i think right she was the cash me outside girl i think that was where it ended for me i, I don't do a lot of new music a lot uh-huh. of it is like noise to me but my fiance is so plugged into that mm. and we're laying in bed and he has like the tiktok with some of the you know popular songs and i'm right. just like is that what's passing for music uh-huh days? you're an old man you know that right a, a little bit i'm a little grumpy old man so i was wondering in this <laughs> in, in, i was wondering in this game's world why did music become illegal what was the catalyst uh, as the answer to that question i would like to point you towards our slacker backer and the 27 dollar <laughs> option to buy the game oh, <laughs> okay. it's, okay. it's all definitely explained in the game so. oh I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. It is a core mystery of the game to tell you right now. Fascinating. Devaluing our game, so just buy it, please. We're not devaluing the game by explaining. Okay, I would. I wouldn't go that far. I, I wouldn't go that far. But it's like, a, oh. it's like it's like a people should find out for themselves. It's a coincidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so so basically, just there's there's a lot of the the short answer is something happens that makes mm. people very upset about the con, uh, concept of allowing public displays of music further uh right. and so different actions are taken and there are uh, arguments as to whether those actions are valid or not basically um i think that like finding out further is definitely like basically the core one of the core um narrative like the mcguffin the, the mcguffin as it were it's kind of a mcguffin yeah it's mcguffin ish it's got a mcguffin mm-hmm. you know ish shape Quasi McGuffin. Quasi right. Mc, you could say the McMuffin. That is, oh my that, God. wow. Okay. <laughs> that's where, we're, all right. Now, now I know where we are. All right. That, that, that's where we're going to be for this one. This is good. I like this. This is going to be fun. Um, so what kind of, what kind of things are the player, the players going to be doing, um, that's going to keep them like, so you said they're building this band, right? Um, right. What are the challenges in front of them? Uh, are, are there like big boss battle rhythm fights? Like, what, what are we doing from from beginning to end of of a level or a stage or something? So, um, as our audience is is so quick to jump to, um, we we have a uh, a day night cycle that might remind people of a certain other JRPG. Um, and that system is going to make up the bulk of the the narrative co- uh, contents of the game wherein you know you have performances that you put on but the things that you do between those performances are going to determine um what the characters are thinking what they're going to be uh the, the, the kind like where the, their story arcs lead the kind of music that you'll be able to play that you'll be writing mm-hmm. um and uh all of this kind of ties together with a, an overarching narrative uh, wherein, you know, there, there's mysteries and conflicts that you need to get through uh, while, you know, you're trying to build your band up, you're trying to do these, these performances, you're helping out your friends, you're trying to garner attention in the city. Um, yeah. So, you're, you're, yeah, you're going through um, basically just trying to like get the the band that you're getting off the ground as as andrew said it's like an indie game about a, starting an indie band uh and it's going from like a grassroots thing straight through to like you're you've got actual buzz yeah. and that okay. arc is uh mechanical because you're actually like taking direct actions in the game uh to try to build that reputation up but you can't do everything you can't do everything yeah it, so there's going to be a certain yeah a certain number of things that you can do and you'll have to make decisions about what you value and what you want to put your time into right okay do you okay. want to finish 
this one character story arc? Do you want to do this side quest here that might get you some buzz? Um, do you want to practice songs? Get actually like able to, you know, uh, play different songs, uh, write new songs, um, figure out, you know, how you want to arrange your set list for the performance, all sorts of different actions that you're going to have to divide your time between. And we're not expecting you to see everything. In fact, it's not going to be possible to see everything in one playthrough, mm. but we hope that in doing so, we'll kind of make a unique experience for each player. Right. And then uh, in between, or not, not in between, that's like the in between, like the ma major like part of the game that leads into then more like scripted sequences where you will be doing like big anime boss fights. There'll be okay. going to be like these more uh, bombastic set piece sec uh, sections that those kind of lead into. And then that leads back into the more exploratory day night yeah. cycles. Yeah, we, we basically, you know, we're pacing it so that you, you have a period of time and it leads into something really cool and bombastic and then you know, it'll kind of go into another lull and you'll be able to chill a bit and, you know, talk to some people and figure out more about yourself in the world. Mm. And then that leads back into more, more exciting anime. Right. Mm. right. Reminds me a little bit of the Persona thing where you kind of... I didn't of, want yeah. to say it. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was okay. actively trying to no, no, avoid no. saying see, that. Yeah, but I, see, that doesn't make sense to me because, like, Persona is one of the biggest franchises and it's just now starting to really, really catch fire in the, in the West. Like... I would want. I would be saying, "We're like Persona, but it's different. Come see why. Like, <laughs> like lean on that shit, man. Like, hell yeah. yeah I mean, that until sounds you, dope. Until you become jazz music, and everybody points at jazz albums <laughs> and goes, "Hey, <laughs> is that from Persona?" <laughs> I don't know. This, this all sounds like from Persona, guys. <laughs> this all sounds like good music. problems to have. I don't know. I, I don't know if I. Yeah. Go ahead, well, Andy. Well, I mean that the uh the breakdown sounds like it but this thing behaves acts plays nothing like a persona right so how do you do the things you do in this game what does the core gameplay loop look like in unbeatable so it's i mean it's up and down right that's the rhythm game combat is primarily just the two button thing and uh that powers like all of the things from the main thing that you've seen in the arcade mode that we've played you, you play through in like white label um is going to be like that's that's the uh, the stage uh when you're on stage that's pretty much what that looks like but that's also those two buttons are also going to be the mini game like controls those are going to be different ways that those interact with things contextually based on yeah. where you are in the game and what you're doing a lot uh, of this game is going to use the same system in wildly different ways so mm -hmm. boss battles will use the same system but they will have a completely different presentation from the normal rhythm gameplay which will have a completely different presentation from the myriad of um of mini games that we're making you know simple okay. things that can range from like darts right. to to yeah it's like generally like kind of the same gameplay so it's not like you have to like yeah you'll, you'll be using the it. same buttons throughout and mm. everything will be kind of eminently familiar but right. we're hoping that there'll, there'll be a lot of variety in how it's presented to you the context behind yeah. them yeah you know, that i like to compare it i like to compare it to um uh near automata where uh when you jump into the hacking minigame mm. it's the mm -hmm. same controls it's identical in terms of how the controls work but it's a completely different thing like you're not right. doing the same actions yeah so. and um then you'll also get uh when you're not doing the combat you'll have kind of a free roam exploratory thing what where you'll have different hub locations that you'll be able to freely explore they, they'll be packed full of characters side quests stories secrets that you'll be able to to go around you know take your time looking through so we hope that um we'll be able to 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 hit to hit that balance between like you know you're exhausted coming out of rhythm combat and you're just you're happy just to just explore get to know some people and then you know once you've got once you've had your fill of that you're back to that bombast you're back to you know having fun you know, killing stuff to the beat. <laughs> <laughs> so. Andy? 
Yeah, I'm just trying to unpack that because, again, like on the surface, I can I can sort of see the persona comparisons, but the dichotomy like, there of yeah, like, I you're, mean, you're it's very surface level. To, you know, there's just so much more going on here. That yeah, right. and, and we have a few things here that that um, because we really want to also have the gameplay reflect the characters. You know, we have some features where um, if you do too many things. Uh, in a day, you can end up oversleeping. <laughs> oh, right. that's kind of neat. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, so you, you'll end up like being forced to just kind of contend with the the that because other characters will just move on without you, or uh, you will you might miss some things because of that. And so having to time manage is like mm. a whole core thing here. This this game to me sounds like something that started as like the simplest idea and then got piled on top of and piled on top of. And now we're at this beautiful amalgamation of different systems and narrative and gameplay all speaking to each other. So why don't we touch a little bit on the genesis of unbeatable? How did this start? What was the beginning of the development of unbeatable? Um, so I guess it really just comes down to, uh, back in late 2017, uh, Jeff and I put together a prototype of Unbeatable. Um, and it had very similar gameplay to what you're seeing now, but it had four buttons, not two. And we sent it out to people because uh, we were just looking for composers for, for music. Okay. You, know, you can't have a rhythm game if you don't have music in it. Um, and it was the simplest thing. I think I, I still have a Discord message from RJ, uh, like really early on, where RJ was like, "Oh yeah, you know, we could push this out in 2019, easy." Uh. <laughs> that's what we did. You know, we, we still how have... cute, how cute. <laughs> well, let's definitely be clear about this. Like, the game is really, like, it's really big looking in a lot of different ways. But it definitely kind of started from small beginnings. Which is yeah, like it was. It was a very tiny game when we were starting out. It was going to have seven songs. It was going to last maybe 30 minutes. Our mm. demo has already passed that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're at a, a definitely a weird point. I mean, you talk about scope creep. Um, I wouldn't say this game was a victim of scope creep, but we definitely figured out what the thing was. It was a victim of making three different games. Pretty all much, under yeah. the name Unbeatable before we, before <laughs> yeah, we this is like figured out what it is that we were It's basically we Unbeatable cutting it. Yeah. Yeah. Really? It is the third, it's the third iteration. That, that's what Andrew means. It's like we we kept um, kind of like cutting it and starting over because we were realizing as we were working on this thing. I mean, we, we, when we came together, we didn't really know each other. We were like all sort of uh, figuring this thing out as we go. Mm, and right. so... You know, over the course of development, naturally, we ended up realizing, oh, hey, this is really what we're kind of focusing in on. This is the core of the thing. And so we would like be like, let's scrap this, start this over with what we've learned. And then, you know, we can probably do a better version of this. And we did that twice, like wow. two major times. Um, the first time was just because I think we we like really realized that narrative was the core hook of the thing and we started developing more of the exploration stuff and then the second time was really started because it turns out game maker is the opposite of what you want to make a game like this in yeah we sure. were pushing 4k mm. assets in an engine made for pixel art and it was wow. not it, wasn't it was not it was not a, a happy at us yeah so. <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I I know that Game Maker has made a lot of great stuff. Like uh, I think Hyperlight Drifter was made. Yeah, Game Maker is a great. Engine. It's a great tool. Yeah, but I, um, I still use it. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not disparaging Game Maker at all. But at a certain point, you realize <laughs> that what you're making is not a Game Maker game. Right. Right. Um, and you have to make that determination. Like, yeah, you know, I'll I'm gonna do it in you know something better suited that has a uh, a video playback tool <laughs> <laughs> it's okay uh, surprisingly important they'll, they'll have one eventually i think i'm waiting for it i need it because they had one in game maker 8 and then they took it out those bastards <laughs> what were they thinking i um, can't have my anime oh, yeah, my yeah, game yeah, now yeah. it's frustrating I, I would like to go back to uh the first time you rebooted this bad boy um 
you said it was because you realized that narrative was the driving force behind it. What was the light bulb moment? What was the aha that made you come to that decision? What were you guys doing in that time? Were you just writing a little like in the background story to kind of tie these tracks together and you realize, shit, this is interesting. Let's focus on that a little bit. Like what was that light bulb moment? So we already always had like a narrative background thing for this thing. We actually like did a thing where we pitched a bunch of different stories. Everyone like that wanted to was able to just come to the table and be like, all right, what if the game was like this basically? Okay. <laughs> and um, so we did a bunch of uh, that and Andrew had this idea that was pretty wildly out the box from what we were like talking about. And he's like, what if we just went in a complete 90 degree direction and okay. made it basically Mario, uh, like a Super Mario RPG, uh, Paper Mario kind of thing. Um, and oh. so like we, we kind of talked about it and we, we were like, maybe this could work. And, and that was kind of the real start of it was just sort of figuring out hey, okay, if we're going to do something like this, what would that even look like? Yeah, but um, see, yeah. personally for me, I would say the impetus um, was before then, because when I was, what had basically happened was we, um, so when, when we were trying to find find composers, mm -hmm. right, we, we had reached out to a lot of people and uh, it was basically just Jeff and I talking to people. Um, and so, you know, we were talking to people about, composer things this is how we met tj and vess uh but when we talked to rj rj came in and was like you know what if we had a story that wasn't <laughs> just this like you know three paragraph thing that you have written out for this 30 minute game but it, what it really was was i was like asking questions about okay why is this thing the way it is yeah and andrew was, and jeff were like i don't know uh, you, you, you took the three-year-old approach to problem solving. I get it. It was it was it was one of those things did. where yeah. you you write intrigue in by not thinking too hard about it. Right. Um. And so RJ brought up all of these things. So then we went back and we were like, okay, you know, we should actually figure out a story for this thing. And RJ RJ was basically rattling around in my head, beating me up uh, mentally um, wow. until I pumped you heard out it here first, folks. That, Abuse that at cell Games. <laughs> Let's get Jason uh, Schreier to write that expose immediately. Oh my God. Bloomberg's <laughs> going to be all over your ass for the mental abuse. Let me tell you. Mm, but, breaking um, yeah, no. So I would say that RJ, RJ was the, probably the real reason why this, this, the, the story came out um, the way that it is uh, just cause talking, talking to him was like a really just a, a, a surprisingly insightful and like really incredible experience and well, um, that is why RJ then got an email later um, not asking him to come on as a composer but asking him to essentially come on as a co-director which I'm sure it was, was a, it was a very fascinating email because he's like so uh, we don't want sorry we, we, we don't want to hire you on for the job of uh, composing the game would you like to help make this thing uh, in a completely different way uh, and Interesting. It, that was yeah. Never a hey man, your seen. music sucks. Can you? But you, but your other <laughs> ideas are great. We like, like you, but for other reasons. <laughs> very, very. Uh, to, to be clear, uh, RJ, RJ still makes some music. For sure, the game. sure. Oh, so, um, so you got a bundle discount, is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we got a co-director for right. For, right. Yeah. You you did the flow <laughs> discount. I get it. The price of it, no, it's, it's. Go ahead, Andy. I was gonna say you talk about scope creep. And I'm wondering at what point, because I see the slow evolution of this game, like changing and morphing over time. And now it's like, well, we got to do a Kickstarter now to kind of like get this vision we have mm. to actually be made and a thing. And then you guys in 15 hours are funded. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, my God. What yeah. is what is that reaction like amongst all of you saying, all right, here's this thing that we've gone back and forth on. You've grown have a nice little nice core team you've grown and we threw it out here and it's just huge response. We uh, were very shocked. Yeah. <laughs> we were, I mean, we like... were expecting to be near the end of the campaign, like hoping the number would hit 
the goal. The final, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we like had, we didn't like, expect to wake up and thing planned out about how we would release things. Um, yeah, like over the course of the Kickstarter to like keep interest up and make sure you know we would have something for that final push uh, to to hit our goal. Um, so hitting it in w like waking up and realizing that the game was fully funded, like you know. At 15 like, hours after we oh launched. it was an yeah, amazing like we, we problem to have it. we launched it and then like most of the team went to bed and like yeah i exactly. woke up jeff woke up and we saw it reach the goal and yeah and in else fact woke up. like if it was any if it's any indication how we felt starting this kickstarter we had a lot of things that we were planning on putting into the kickstarter like over the next few days uh -huh. thinking oh you know we'll get some attention but the big push won't be until the very end so you know we have time to work on some things you know we can polish up some of these art assets we need the money to come in by this date so we got to launch now and it's okay we can workshop it we can figure it out over time just make sure it's ready for the big push we were not expecting that many people <laughs> on the first day <laughs> wholly unprepared for it scrambling to get things together um to, to make sure the thing was right like fully it, we done. were like almost worried that um I, I remember being very worried that because of all the attention right away and us kind of feeling a little bit like well shit we we didn't have things ready at this point for where we thought we were going to be that we were like i was worried that it was going to fall apart right then and we were just not going to be able to maintain the momentum through mm. the rest of the thing because like it was a situation of because we were expecting to roll these things out slowly, we just kind of like got thrown into it and had to do it all at once. Um, and we we adjusted, I think, pretty well to it uh, after that fact. But it was a pretty scary moment of like oh. there's this really incredible thing that happened. But then suddenly we now have to figure this out in a much different way than we expected. Mm. Yeah, like all our plans were thrown out the window. I mean, it's a great problem to have, you know? I keep saying that, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's great problem no, to have. Not a complaint, yeah. to be very clear. It, it, uh, we're just trying to get across that it was it was pretty stressful to realize that that, that many people are looking at your thing all at once, you know? Because I, I can imagine, like, you have little fun things to tease out to get yeah, the attention yeah, towards exactly. the end. We just like, can't do that. <laughs> it's like, how oh, do we promise... Gone. Uh, like you know, extra goals, stretch goals at like the fifty thousand dollar mark. Like, yeah, uh, let's do it multiplayer now. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of the yeah, yeah, a lot of this was just like rethinking how the entire thing was going to be set up because mm. you know we we were not planning we were not planning to to have to roll things out as quickly as we were doing. I, I want to ask a potentially uncomfortable question, but only because it involves money. Um, but it's, it's something that I've always been fascinated with. You set yourself a goal and, and most of the, the developers we talk to that have a Kickstarter, they set they also have those stretch goals in mind that, that, that they, you know, are thinking they want to do, but, and they'll say, all right, well, we need this much, this amount of money to do it. Right. So you had that, obviously you took that goal and you, you made it your bitch. So now we're at a point where you had a plan for the money that that you needed and you got it in 15 hours do you now just use the money in an uh in an exponential way where like okay well now the quality could be better we could hire some more people to help us or do you now continue to ex to you know add on to that scope or or figure out ways to do you feel like you owe it now to your backers because they they've supported you so well the the great know. thing well it's not amazing but the thing is game development is far more expensive than you would expect oh and we know the yeah, the yeah, 55k sure. that our initial goal was was enough time for us to essentially go out and find a publisher because right, right. we needed the money to sustain ourselves to make sure that you know people wouldn't get evicted um we were we were running on fumes by that point and we needed money to make sure nobody would die trying to trying to work on this project so it wasn't necessarily building the game this was this was just paying yourselves to continue doing what you were doing to keep you on course for getting right. this a lot of completed. it is and Building what it, what it was yeah. was it bought us it bought us months of time that we could use right. to to eventually to, to essentially get a vertical slice together basically like a functional slice of the game that we could use to show to publishers to get 
the rest of the funding, right? right? Because I don't think any of us were under any expectation that we would be able to fully fund ourselves through the Kickstarter. Um, as callous as that sounds, like game development is really expensive. Yeah, to, to pay, you know, seven people plus contractors for two years and pay them wages where, you know, they can afford to have a house or an apartment or whatever, and right. wherever they're living. Like, that's a lot of money that you need to spend. Yeah, and sure. So um, at this point, like, you know, we've, we've been talking to publishers, we've gotten good headway, and we have enough money now that, you know, we could feasibly work on this for like a year before we get a publisher it's it's great that's incredible um congratulations on that yeah like, I, I know so, i know that goes without yeah. saying but like specifically for that like being able to live and live comfortably and survive and enjoy your life but like also be able to make this incredible project like that's fucking kudos to you guys that's that's fantastic yeah, it's it's Thank just you. a load yeah. of stress yeah. off of everybody's yeah. backs um yeah and you know, we can work full time on this game now. We, we basically everybody was working part time on this. You know, finding free time to to work on this for at this point three years. So being able to to just work on this every day has been just a dream come true. It's yeah, amazing. absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yep. I yeah. want to. I, I do want to like briefly touch on a thing you you brought up, which is like yeah. do we feel like an obligation to the backers that that and obviously the, the answer is yes. But it's not like I think that there is a, a temptation that a lot of game developers in our situation do tend to get, which is, well, OK, we're getting all this extra money. Now we have to, like, make the game like exponentially bigger. Right. Uh, that that was that, what that I was trying to just, allude like, to. Yeah. That can make the thing fall apart. Like exactly. that, that oh, can actually be a double edged uh, sword. And we did not want to fall into that trap. So like all of the stretch goals we had are super, um, we made, made sure like when we were looking at them, okay, is the scope reasonable? Can we actually do this? Like the version of online multiplayer we're doing, we're very specific about what it's Yeah, one be. of the most important things that we did is that before we made the stretch goal, we budgeted out the entire thing. We found a person who had the skill set required to implement it, or otherwise, you know, talked amongst ourselves about what we would need to do to implement it. We have the entire thing drafted out. We we're like, this is how much it's going to cost. This is how much we need for it. And then we we right. put that it in wasn't, where the stretch goal goes. It wasn't just like, okay, well, if we throw this money at the wall, it'll fix the problem. Well, I of... guess maybe it will cost this much. <laughs> I don't right. know. So, what do you think we need? So like, 50 bucks? Yeah. yeah. 50 yeah. bucks? It's also, it's also a big thing yeah. on... Let's go on Fiverr. Yeah, it, it's also a big thing on making sure it doesn't compromise on timing. Like, we want to get this game kind of out the door as soon, as soon as, like, you know, it can while also being, like, high quality yeah. but these like extra stretch goals right for like these like new tiers that we have um is stuff that doesn't necessarily need to make it day one i think right yeah okay a lot yeah. of the um th there's a lot of stuff that we have in our stretch goals that you know we have budgeted like okay this isn't part of the main gameplay experience we can we can focus on making the game first make sure people can play that mm -hmm. and then once that's done we can turn our focus into onto like doing this stretch goal, right? Right. So things like online multiplayer, um, things like, uh, you know, uh, the roguelike mode that we just announced, um, that, that stuff that like we can, we can tell our backers, now that we've reached this goal, we can promise you it's going to be in the game. Um, but th these are also things that like do not interfere with us making the core experience. We can right. yeah. focus on making the core experience as itself and then work on this without having to delay it indefinitely. Yeah, there, there are, all I, in. you right. know, there are some stretch goals that I feel like people, uh, some Kickstarters set up where, you know, they're doubling the size of their single player content and yeah. that stuff, like, you know, you can have all the money in the world, but that's not going to give you more time if you have a release date that you want to hit. Right? <clears throat> cough, bloodstained, <clears throat> cough. Yeah, I was going to say Mighty Number no. 9. Um, yeah, Mighty Number no. 9. But that's like, yeah. that's like the great pitfall. I feel like people when they see the initial product that's why they're giving you the money it's like you've right. already sold me on in this current form that's what i want and then when you add all this extra budget right the scope grows and you're just like then the thing gets canceled it just it's a tragedy i feel for most kickstarter campaigns that they feel like they can't just commit to what the original vision was for the game 
there there was a game that that I backed, and I, I don't remember remember the name of it, but I also don't want to call them out or anything like that. But it was a game that changed its art style completely after mm. it met a certain goal, and it wasn't an advertised thing. They were just like, "Hey, we now have the the ability to use this technology, so we're gonna make it look like this," and it like completely turned me off like i was sold mm. on that original art style right uh you know it was hand drawn and all that stuff and that was beautiful to me so i think that's very important and and again i want to say kudos to you guys for 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 recognizing that and the importance of this isn't we're not adding chapters to to our novel we're giving you the sub novels we're giving you like a a you know, a little pamphlet that's going to go at the end of the novel, like a, a little something extra or whatever to, to be additive to the novel, the Cimmerillion to the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, as it were. Um, and I think that's really cool. I think that's really important to to distinguish that, especially when you're managing, you know, that kind of unsuspected growth that you had seemingly, well, literally overnight. Yeah, I, I would I'd say this much as like, like way before the Kickstarter even kind of launched at that point, like uh, we've, we've already got like a good idea of what we wanted mm. uh, the final game story to be like. So we know the beginning, kind of the end, right? Everything, every, well, not kind of, just that definitely. We know definitely what's happening in that. We I mean, wrote, we, we we wrote it. it all down. Yeah, yeah we, it's, we all, it's all written. It's the all set up. entire story done, which was yeah. simultaneously because publishers want to see the narrative. Right. Um, but also partially because the narrative was like one of the first things that we wrote out. Again, it's like the backbone of our game. We were working on the narrative and the music and the rhythm combat kind of all simultaneously trying to make sure that the three core aspects of our game were at a state where we were like, yes, this is what we want to do. And then yeah. once we had all of that, then we were like, okay. And now we can go public with this. We can because yeah. really all that's left is just building the content out, right? Yeah. It's like we have the stuff that's core to the experience done. So because of that, we don't have to worry about kind of uh, uh, fumbling the ball halfway through the process because we know we can we have the thing to make the thing. Right. Yeah, and then then of course we also have a white label which. Um, is working basically as as QA for us, where you know we can we can put out this demo, we can have play, people play it, we can have people give feedback on it, and we can eliminate any pain points that people might have, um, like three years before launch. That's um, awesome. So yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, it, yeah. it's really that, great. That, but like again, that also stretches of white labels that we didn't want to touch like the original game or like just take a part of it and chunk it in as like, this demo, right? So yeah, we want we want, we want other things we make that isn't a part of like that core experience to be separate. So to but mm. to but connect it, you know? Right. We like, well we so white label was an interesting situation because we needed a demo for the Kickstarter, but um uh, on the one hand like making a full uh like a full segment of finished unbeatable would we felt like m would be a little weird because a we don't have the time or money or budget to be able to do that before the kickstarter and b if we made any changes um to the game right then that would be a lot of extra work that we would have to do reworking stuff that we had implemented for the final game. and then so, explanation like right. it would be like the thing of people seeing it in this one way and even if the game ends up better like people are always going to look at the thing that it was and then compare the two and some people yeah like, well, why did you change it and that's a yeah. whole thing yeah so we were like okay let's make a bespoke product um and then once we had decided we wanted to make a bespoke product then it was like well then, how can we make this Facebook product worth playing? And that was where the idea of making like basically a supplemental book um, was like an OVA essentially, mm. right? Game from Andy. Uh, we're we're running low. We want to get into our rapid fire. So let me let me kick it to you I for just, a final question. Okay. Do I have to really wait at least two years to play this game? Mm. Unfortunately, that's how that's how long games take to make. <laughs> I know. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Look forward to the upcoming additions to Unbeatable White Label. It's well, just that, that okay. tied you over. When the game looks this good, sounds this good, plays this good, you want it in your hands immediately. And has this good mm -hmm. of a team behind it 
Oh, thank you. Thank so, you. A lovely group <laughs> of people, which we are now going to destroy, Andy. Because oh. it's oh, time, no. it's it's time for rapid fire. And I'm going <laughs> to kick us off with, so this is going to be unique, because usually we ask like oh. the one person something or two people at most. We've had right. three. This is a gaggle of humans, um, which I'm assuming most of you are human. So... I am. We're. I'm gonna go yeah. unique. So, Andy, I'm hoping you can follow me on this and try and tailor your uh, questions you, to be similar. You be. You be the Sherpa on this. I will be the Sherpa on up Mount Crazy, and I'll. I'll see if I can follow you along the way. All right. Here we go. <laughs> a, a phone call is made to the group. You all get a group phone call. Okay. That one of you has been arrested for something. Who is it that got arrested and for what? Uh, Me for a noise complaint. Yeah, I was going to say it, TJ. Yeah. TJ for a noise complaint. Because I, I have gotten complaint. a noise complaint before, so. Wow. Is that is that the extent of the, of the crimes committed by this group of people? You could say it. It's a safe space that no one no, no one will know. It's, everything's fine. It only goes on the internet. <laughs> I mean, like, I... I'm trying to think of like the worst thing I've done. You jaywalking uh, son of a bitch. You're one of those, aren't you? I definitely am a jaywalker. <laughs> we're from I, listen, Chicago. I, you know we jaywalk. Jaywalking that. is we're, fucking We're from default. New York, all right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only kind uh, of walking we do. Um, <laughs> Andy, Andy, do, do you see where we're going with this? We have to do something I, that's yeah, I, putting I, them I, against I, each other in a vicious fight to the death. Right. All right. It's like we gotta, it's like they got to call each other out, basically. Right. Exactly. That's see, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. So let's start with this. This is the, an established fact. If okay. while whilst you're getting dressed, oh, you put on your socks and your suit and your shoes. You put on your sock first, then your shoe first, then your other sock, then your other shoe. Who amongst your team would be? Who's the psycho that's doing this kind of behavior? Ooh. Which one of you puts on sock shoe with sock if, shoe? If if you were told one among you yes. is a psychotic who puts on their sh sock shoe it's, sock it's shoe. It's either Jeff or me. I don't uh, do that, but I'm saying it's, it's definitely not me. So that not that's Jeff saying not me, and I believe that was RJ saying it was it e either me or, or or Jeff. Is that correct? That would be RJ. who I would guess. It's RJ. Yeah. So then it's got to be RJ. Just, now, now we're playing I can tell Among you Us, now. and this is great. I'm loving this. I want to play Among Us with you guys. This that would be hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Among Us, here do you guys you guys know Among Us? You, you've played Among Us, yes? You know Very the concept? Aware, yes. Okay. All right. Well, you know we have to ask now because that came and went like a meteor. Um. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question. Who out of the group, when being accused in Among Us, is most likely to... Oh, what's the word? It's, it, uh, it's when you blame the other person. Uh, Self-report. Who? Which oh, one of me. you? Oh, me. 100%. RJ. RJ. Not even a question. RJ is the <laughs> self-report. It's RJ. Wow. Oh, it's I always... RJ. I, I, that's how I do it. Listen, it's gotten <laughs> to the point where I need to I need to switch it up. I'm like, so it's not so much Among Us because I don't really play Among Us that much, but in other werewolf type games, uh -huh. I I have a tendency to, uh, I I cast suspicion on myself early on purpose to then uncast it later. I have seen this so many times. Wow. Well, well, see, here's the thing, because I would do it too, but I would only do it if I felt like it was time to mix things up, you know? Because if you <laughs> You know, if you go too long without reporting anything, right, then, then you people, kind of have yeah, to report, right. you know? You, mm. you need to make it seem natural. Right. <laughs> right. All righty. Uh, so I, myself, am a very accident-prone human being. Very accident-prone. stitches. He's a fucking I fall, moron. I fall down way too much. <laughs> who among, yes. Who among you should not be alive today? Oh, absolutely, RJ. I think RJ. we found the runt of the litter, and he absolutely. <laughs> Listen, RJ. I'm gonna actually tell a story. This is no, a don't story. tell that story. I'm please. not gonna get oh, into crazy tell I did, the story. I did, however, <laughs> jump on the up. side of a movie tr moving train before, and okay. I Nathan Drake that shit all the way to work. I I have a counter story to that. Oh, you have a counter story to what? my story. Yeah, this we is the first time hearing about this. It, yeah, so as a child, I almost got hit by a car. Really? Almost. But yeah. how was that your fault? 
Well, wait. Is Aren't you how clumsy you are? Right? I jumped. I jumped on the or side how, of a moving train clumsy, and rode how, that to your the next stop. How, 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 how you? Making. Yeah, that's how, me. How that's you me. would directly well, cause your own okay, demise? Sort, sort of. Okay, so the context here is that I was trying to get on the school bus and a car like zoomed by. So that's car's so, fault. You're good. So you're in the that clear. That is the car's you're fault. Good. You're good. Yeah. You're in the clear. You're, yes. Yeah, you're good. No. You're, you're not as dumb as you I, think you I, are. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> see, I have two counter <laughs> stories. Oh, for, oh no. Oh, I have two oh, counter boy. stories. All right. Um, it, what I'm hearing that, from this Andrew. is that none of us should be alive. Once. <laughs> so uh, when I when I was getting my driver's license, um, basically, the state requires that you like uh, you have to you have to do like a one on one like driving practice thing with sure. your instructor right of course yes um and uh my instructor in signing off my papers went to my parents and said do not let this person drive oh my god <laughs> that's exactly what my instructor told me my, 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 oh my goodness no really? my, my, my instructor literally said something among the lines of like you need to like improve a lot like I should just fail you here, and then he just like grunts it in, is just like signing the papers, and just like just hand this to your mom, go to the DMV, I'm done, and I'm just like, oh. wow. it's in God's hands now. Wow, <laughs> my oh goodness. My. At this point, I like to think I'm a fairly good driver, but that's because it's been years. Meanwhile, um, me, me and Rachel both <laughs> don't own a car because we've lived in uh, a city with public transit. Yeah. Or, like yeah. most of our lives. Yeah. Um, the second story is the time uh, that, so I, I am not a person who does sports or physical activities in okay. any form. Okay. Um, I went yeah. uh, skiing Nope. Um, and it went Don't about as well as you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> I broke limbs. Oh man. Oh, no. <laughs> Sonny Bono to tree. Is that what um, you're trying to tell me? No, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's great. So you you would oh, normally expect if a person got in a skiing accident that it'd be because you know they went down a double black diamond slope or something no, or they hit a tree, no. but no, uh, it was a straightaway uh -huh. down a pretty empty slope uh -huh. and I broke a leg. <laughs> okay, now I'm wondering about the mechanics of that. Like, how did that happen? What were okay, you doing? So, so basically, I was podcast. I was going I was going uh, yeah. skiing with family, right? Uh -huh. um, and when you have skis, they calibrate the ski, the quick release on the ski to your weight, to your body weight. Okay. Um, and oh, so. No. I had the same shoe size as somebody who was much heavier than I was. And so oh, what no, happened no. was that it was calibre one of the skis, one of the skis was mine. One of the skis was not mine, but had the it was the it was the same model because we had the same shoe size, right? So you couldn't differentiate them, but they were calibrated to do different weights. And so when you fall over, one of them pops off. The other one does not pop off. You uh -huh. roll down the hill. Oh no! The ski, the ski gets stuck in the snow. The leg breaks. <laughs> oh my God! Jesus that's Christ. That's like surprisingly violent for felt a that. completely empty. How, yeah. How old oh. were you? I felt it. Oh, this this must have happened in like sixth grade. Okay, oh. so so your bones were brittle to begin with because you're a small child. God. Yeah. And you're just but... cartwheeling through the air. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, you all. All right. Here's here's your next question. You all, you all go on vacation together. Yeah, right? you're having a sleepover, and you all smell delicious cooking happening. Who's making your breakfast? Me or T? Me or TJ? I, I would, I would no, pause it. No, fast. no, I feel like fast. actually Vasily. Vasily, yeah, Vasily. Yeah, it would be Vas. Absolutely, Vas. He's he word, he's a very wordly, worldly guy. He knows oh. he knows shit about food. Very nice. Yeah. If the smell if the smell was um something fried and or with cheese, then maybe it'd be me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. with you, Anson. You and me. Give me, give me the deep fried want mac cheese. And cheese. If y'all want mac and cheese, I know how to make some bomb mac and cheese. But that's it. Yeah. Are you making Are you making that boxed stuff? No. Nah, well, let me ask you this. It's just me and you now, okay? You got to buy the box thing, okay? Are you doing that powder so shit? Is... The powder shit, or are you doing that creamy Velveeta stuff? I mean, I, I haven't had the box stuff in like years because it's 
bad. So sure, sure, it's bad, um, but it's also you know. I mean, come on. You have it's the two choices. Fine, yeah, this it's, is a binary it's, it's choice. The powder. It's the powder because there are plenty of different powder, powders you can get. Choice. That's because you're too close to Canada. You need to think, get away I from. I think we found the psychotic over there. <laughs> yeah, we found. Uh, the I think I think powder is the only choice. I think Velveeta is disgusting. When, when have you ever seen cheese in the form of powder aside from dried shaved cheeses? Uh, in the form of a craft box of craft magazines. On, on Cheetos. It's, I, I That's also, also true. I also texture, don't like that. There's a lot cheese. of really tasty powdered cheese. Product. I don't know where you've been. Here's, 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 the, here's my guideline here. I don't mm. like I don't like the taste, the flavor of Velveeta, but I like the texture and I like uh-huh. the flavor uh, of craft cheese more right. than Velveeta. Okay, that's God, fair. I hate yeah. I, that's fair. It's, it's, with me with me the thing about Velveeta is when you make it right, it's fine. But when you make it badly, it is the worst thing mm-hmm. you could possibly I have never eat. ever known a person to make bad it is make a box difficult. mac and cheese bad. It's way I more do. difficult to make bad uh craft mac yeah. and cheese. Well, than you just did today. You met RJ. I've definitely Oof. fucked up Velveeta. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. I've messed up craft dinner before. That wow. This is we are and you guys are making a game with lots of money. <laughs> People gave you money Correct. for something. Yeah. Once yeah. that RJ put ramen yeah. in the microwave, quarter million dollars. Oh, who did it. that? Who did that? Who was that? No, RJ. RJ, you put ramen in the microwave. No, 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 no! You didn't hear the last part. You didn't okay. hear the last part. He put he put microwave ramen like one of the microwave the ramen cups. Bowls. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. He forgot to put water in it, and he almost set our that house makes, on that fire. That makes sense. That is yep. Well, I, I, I think there's a meme of, of a child doing that. Yeah. There's definitely a meme Anybody of a child doing that. Was, was, should be dead. I guess it's RJ. Yeah. <laughs> and it might be because RJ would starve to death in a room full of food. <laughs> Very possible, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I think what that. we've established is the only person here who shouldn't be allowed near cooking is me. <laughs> oh man this is this is very eye-opening um <laughs> andy let, let's hit us up one more and then i'll do the final the ceremonial right. final question all right well i'm going into more uh in a more wholesome route oh you're going wholesome okay then then i'm not wholesome. then i'm not going to do the ceremonial because i want to get something really fucked up i want to oh, get god. i want to go down the fucked up <laughs> oh, route god. oh god all right, people like that whole that whole uh who should not be alive thing that was good, but I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper and darker, my friend. You and dangerous. All, okay. You all wake up, and each of you has superpowers. Ooh. Okay. I'm not going to say who's got what, but I do want to ask, who would be the first one among you to use their powers for good and to help mankind? Oh, that's a good question, actually. I don't know. It's very sweet. Mm. It is know, literally the polar opposite. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff, you're t- you you're like the nicest yeah. person. Possibly. Yeah, I think there's like also like a concern of like if you publicly display yourself using it, it gets a lot of attention and not a good sense. So you mm-hmm. you'd but, have to but, be discreet about it, honestly. If I had right, but the question powers. is, you you would still be the first person, probably, yeah, right? You, so you, it's you, true. It's secret. Right. You would still be using it for good. I sense a lot of villains among us. I just want to find out who's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah, I want I want <laughs> to do a modifier here, Andy. Now not, now not, go not, the other not, way. Not a complete uh. asshole. Hey, who's <laughs> the asshole? Who's the first one to be the villain in the group? Who's the Who's I don't think I would use. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rob a bank, but I would definitely be playing pranks. That's, that's what that's I would fair. go. That's that's where I would go with it immediately. That's I'd be fair. like, okay, how can I use this for mischief? All right, all right. Now, now here, let's Found get let's go let's go down the, the the rabbit hole here. Let's let's get in. Okay, this is let's get into psychological warfare. You are all the next victims of Jigsaw. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> he got you all. You're all attacked. You're in that r- crazy room, t- traps everywhere. Who's getting out alive? God. Oh, Do any of Rachel. Us? Well, uh, get away from the trope of, you know, the damsel, whatever, getting through the movie. I like, didn't want to say it, but it's probably me. Well, the odds <laughs> are in her favor, you know, historically. Historically, they are in your yeah. favor. They need to turn Rachel, into the villain by the third Rachel, movie. Rachel, not even because of that, but I feel like because because I feel like the rest of us are too dumb to survive. 
<laughs> wow. Again, again, people, I'm you the guys first gave one them to a go. quarter of a million dollars. I can, I'm the first game. one to go. I don't know <laughs> yeah. anything about these movies. I'm like eight of, seconds. So like, I'm kind of like a a uh, a parental figure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're definitely the one that makes the most sense among us. <laughs> All right. So, so if she's the one getting out alive, who is the jigsaw that's at this whole? I was just gonna with? say that. Which one of you is the one that set everybody up for this? <laughs> oh, it's Jeff. No. Oh. Oh. What? Oh. Okay. No. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's Jeff or Andrew. <laughs> oh, me, me for sure. No, it's Andrew. No. Yeah. And she's like, wait, wait till they see what I, I, I got I, in store for them now. Head squeezing trap. Yeah. Let's rip their face off, like in that and, movie. Uh, face it's just, off. It's oh, a pile of Velveeta cheese. You gotta swim out yeah. of it. You gotta swim out of Velveeta, <laughs> Velveeta cheese. Ugh, there is good a box Lord. of Velveeta cheese. Make your choice. <laughs> There's a key in a bowl of Velveeta. Um, all right, Andy. The is ceremonial. It the it's it. This is it. We're at an hour. This we is did like, it. if you're gonna ask what I think you're gonna ask, this is it. It's gonna get funky. This is weird. This is gonna, gonna get, get weird. Gonna get a little funky. And I'm and I've decided to give a modifier on this. You sure. all have to vote for your for the answer that you're that the team is going to go with. Oh shit. Oh it is binary okay. and you have As to come collective. It is a collective discussion. So it's mm. not necessarily rapid fire. This is a more mm. like a team huddle up. Jeopardy. Yeah. Team huddle up. <laughs> Without using the camera as your only excuse. <laughs> okay. The answer is I mean, the question is, sorry, I know the answer, but the question is, Andy or Steven? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Oh. Huddle up. Huddle up. Shit. What? Fuck. Okay, I don't know. You have to pick Andy or Steven. We've asked every guest this question. Some have copped out because they're baby back bitches, but most have disappointed at least one of us. I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) We have to pick who we like more. But, well, that, oh, see, that's how you're uh, interpreting it. Which it could be. And, which okay, Andy well, and what's which the Steven? scenario? What? Huh? I don't there know. Is no scenario. What is the it's scenario? Just, what if just... we just make a? What if we make a scenario, and it's just something really? I don't know. Easy to answer. <laughs> <laughs> where? Where? <laughs> Who here is most named Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I. Well, I mean that's a that's that, that's a pretty I'm difficult gonna go one, ahead honestly. and go with Steven for that one. <laughs> I'm I'm voting I'm Good voting choice. I'm voting Andy actually on that one on that one. Oh wow. Okay, so here's my question. Who contacted us first? That was me. I think it was yeah. Then I go you. That's my vote. <laughs> You know what? I think I'll go Andy too. Okay. Uh, the, the Jeopardy theme has ended. I think Rachel goes to me as well. So, well, shut up. They have to come to a group. This, this, it's not. A, I mean, they, if they want to do it by a vote, that's fine. What is your yeah. answer? Uh, D cell games. What are we putting on our dock of who who wins this? Is there a dock? There, there is. I'm keeping a <laughs> so, running list. I guess. I guess in context of who's the most Stephen, the answer is Andy. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. I'm gonna go with. with Andy for the Steven question. Got yeah, it. That's a, yeah. that's a good yeah. question. That's a good. I All like. Right. Yeah. I like that. So Andy by default. Yeah. Got it. Wow. I feel like I've out Steven you, you. You have won by default more times than I can count at this point. And you know what? I'm not. I'm not mad about it. I'm mad. not mad about it. it. Would it change your mind if I told you okay. I'm wearing a Bulbasaur baseball cap right now? <laughs> Oh, well, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Steven. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna bring us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support us, please do so by going to patreon.com slash NDS podcast. We want to thank our Patreon producers, Colton, the Apprentice Nestler, Vegas Girl on Fire, and FNH Paul. We cannot continue to grow without all of your support. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at dual underscore screens on Twitter, at dual screens on uh Instagram. You could go to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash DS podcasts. I am at Batchild27. Andy is at PantsGuy. And now, Diesel, where could everybody follow the game, follow you, and all the fun stuff? Yeah, um, follow us on Twitter at Diesel Games. Um, at Diesel Games, yep. Also go to our website, unbeatablegame.com, and go to our Slacker Backer and 
Maybe buy some stuff for yourself. (laughs) And our game's on Steam. It's Unbeatable White Label. You can download the free demo of the main game right now. And it's pretty good. Sure can. Well, Diso, team, this was fantastic. We loved this having you, and I. Can, can we just be friends? Can we just hang out? Can we? Yeah. Because this was fantastic. We need in-person events to happen soon, so we can all meet up. We yes. also need in-person events. Have, have some beers and talk shit. I'm vaxxed, waxed, and ready for hugs. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. You know what I mean, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. And as always, please be excellent to each other. <laughs>